Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, and I know, I I don't know about you, I I don't know, I, I don't know if I can even believe this. It is Thursday, are you ready for this? February the 1st. It is Thursday, February the 1st, 2024, meaning the first month of 2024 is over. January is gone. It's over. It's just, there's nothing, there's no getting it back. It is just gone. January 2024 is gone. We're at February 1st, 2024. It is currently 1146 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where my cord to my MacBook Pro, <laughs> the pl- the plug-in, the outlet is behind me. So the cord comes like around me. It goes around my mic stand. It's, and so a lot of times you hear, did you hear that? Yeah. It, I'll, I'll end up picking something up and it gets caught up in the cord. So when I picked up my iPad to give you the intro, that happened. Oh, that drives me so crazy. I'm going to unplug it. I'm going to unplug. There we go. Now the cord is out of my way. I should I should learn to unplug it every single time I go live. I should learn to unpl- unplug it. But I don't. I don't. Because sometimes I don't make the best decisions. Sometimes, well, I, I demonstrate a lack of wisdom, which is going to be a major theme today. So welcome, everyone. Yes, it is Thursday. February the 1st, 2024. It is now 1148 a.m. Central Time, and we're going to be talking about, well, some words of wisdom. Now, if I was going to talk about some principles of wisdom, making wise choices, here's a couple of things I would say just right off the top of my head, just to have a little bit of fun. Number one, don't get COVID, okay? Because that ruined January. I, I got COVID and man, that just wiped out an entire month. And the second thing is when you come up with this brilliant idea, hey, let's go to church on Wednesday night. Let's stand behind the pulpit and let's do an hour plus on church history. When you decide to do that, please ensure that you're not doing something in church history that took place in France, okay? Where the name, you have French names, uh, uh, these locations in France, because you ha- you're you using French terms, French names. And, and guess what? When you do that, <laughs> you don't say the names correctly. Oh, man, did you hear last night? Oh, Madame Jean Guyon, we, 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 we did an hour plus on her life, right? Uh, and a little bit of her, her teaching and her controversy and why she ended up in prison and her doctrine and her theology. There was much I thought I did very good about teaching on Madame Jean Guyon. I think, I think I did pretty good, right? But then once you get into it and you get into, I think the name of her husband and, uh, oh, the priest, uh, Francois. Lacombe, I think was the name of the priest. I, I, I looked at it when I was reading it and I didn't say Francois. I was like, France, Francois? Fran- I don't even remember how I pray. But thank goodness there was someone in my church who at least possessed some ability <laughs> to say French names correctly. So they were correcting me, which I'm, I'm, look, I'm very grateful for. But yeah, if you're going to make wise decisions, don't get COVID. And when you teach church history, just say, hey, any church history that uh, that happened in France or related or France adjacent, we're not going to talk about it because, but I did warn everyone at the beginning that, hey, we're going to be talking about things that happened in France. So, hey, it's not going to sound very, it, it's not going to be correct. It's going to sound more Texan than it is going to sound like anything, anything related to the French language. Like, so I, I, I definitely, I definitely made my mistake. So that, yeah, that, that wasn't very wise, but, or was it wise? Is the wise thing to do 
is to avoid teaching something in church history because you may get some, anytime you study church history, you get into all these names, right? N- names of people and places that even if you spend some time trying to make sure you get them right, there's a high probability that right right when you look at your pa- paper and you get ready or you look at your notes and you get ready to say, you're not going to say them right. So is the wise thing to do to avoid dealing with these very important subjects because you don't want to look stupid or you don't want to look foolish. Or, and even if you try to practice on saying the names right, practice, it comes across like, <laughs> it comes across where everyone can go like, oh, well, he practiced that because you're, like, you're, you're like, you're talking your normal way and then you say the name of Francois Lacombe and like, well, he practiced that. So then it comes across, it just looks it looks, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think the wise decision is to say this, this information is important. And if it makes me look foolish, it, well, that's irrelevant. As long as it doesn't overshadow the, the, the information. So yeah, words of wisdom, don't get COVID and don't teach church history. It has anything to do with France. Or I need someone who is very, very proficient in the French language, standing next to me, where I can just grab the microphone and I can go da 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 da, and then they can say the name, and then da 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 married, and then so and so had this pre, and then say, and then I can just hand them the microphone. That that's what I should do. That's what I'm from now on. That's what I'm going to do. You think that will think that will work? I, I don't know. It probably will not work. But we're not here to discuss all of that. But we are having a little bit of fun. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I believe it was yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. It may have been the day before, but I had not been to the mailbox. It felt like in a couple of years because, well, I had COVID and I felt like I was dying. So I didn't feel like walking to the mailbox. I think I went to the mailbox one time even with COVID because, but our mailbox here in West Texas, here at the Theology Central studio is, it's not right. It's not near, it's not near. It's, it's, it's about half a block, maybe half a block away. And then there's just this huge box with all these individual mailboxes and it's outside. So everyone, you know, walks there. It's kind of like the community mailbox and there's all these individual boxes and you have a key and you open up yours. Okay. It's about, about, about half a block away. Maybe not quite a half a block. Okay. Uh, but it's in, in between, I guess. Yeah. I think it's about half a block. So um, I'm not, I'm trying to give you the accurate measurement, but I'm horrible at that. So the point is you have to walk. So finally I went and opened the mailbox and I believe it is the last couple of days. And inside of it was, A newspaper. Now, remember I told everyone in 2023 to get a subscription? I told everyone, I told everyone to get one because only for the, just, I don't know, the the uh, the idea of doing something that's more connected to history than the present, right? It's kind of maybe just for the idea of, of doing something that, well, and, and one day it's going to be gone because I told everyone to subscribe to the Sword of the Lord newspaper, right? Maybe just because, well, it's a newspaper and those days of getting a newspaper in a physical form are kind of long gone, right? I mean, everything's digital, everything's digital. So I, I told everyone just to subscribe to it, even if you don't like it, just so that you can open the mailbox and there'll be a newspaper and then you can show people, look what I got. And they're like, what is that? It's a newspaper. Oh, I remember reading about those in history books. That is really cool. Can I touch it? And you can be like, you know, yeah, see, but no, but I told everyone to get one. So I opened the mailbox and there it was, the Sword of the Lord newspaper. Now this is the January the 19th, 2024 issue of the Sword of the Lord newspaper or the the January 19th, 2024 edition. I, whatever whatever the, the uh, you know, correct term is. And so I got it and I, uh, you know, I unfolded it because it was just folded. The, f- the front part of it is Sword of the Lord. They're celebrating their 90th year uh, of ministry. Um, then it, uh, on the side, they have what's inside, and they have a, a number of articles. The very first one, or the very first sermon, is Jesus Christ, the door to heaven. Then to the right, business as usual, is the second sermon. And then I flipped it over. There's the noteworthy news, factual 
uh, faithful and fearless. It's the news section. And then to the right of that, when I flipped it over was seven words of wisdom, biblical values for 2024. And I'm like, oh, wow, that looks interesting. Now, in my mind, since they're going to give us seven words of wisdom for 2024, they probably should have done this in December of 2023 so that you would already have these seven words of wisdom going into 2024. But they waited till January the 19th issue of the Sword of the Lord paper. So I think maybe a little late. And I know it's February, but hey, whether it's January, February, whether it's 2023, 2024, 2025, whether it's you're looking at the next week in front of you, the next month, it's always important to have words of wisdom, right? So I grabbed my notebook and I'm like, okay, words of wisdom. What are these words of wisdom? So I'm going to give you these seven words of wisdom now. Now, I don't think we're going to be able to cover all of them in this broadcast, But what we will do is probably break this into two parts, but I'm going to give you the words of wisdom. I want you to write them down and I want you today to just meditate on these seven words and think of all the scriptures that would relate to these seven words. All right. Does that sound good? Now we're going to, I'm going to read the introduction to this you know, a um, sermon, uh, seven words of wisdom, biblical value for 2024. And then when they get to the seven words, I'm going to set the paper aside and we'll just do our own thing with them. But here we are, seven words of wisdom. Here are the seven words of wisdom they want you to have for 2024. Now I know we're in February, but this gives us plenty, plenty to think about. So are you ready? Here we go. Seven words. Word number one, listening. Word number one for the seven words of wisdom is the word listening. Number two, control. So number one, listening. Number two, control. Number three, work. Number one, listening. Number two, control. Number three, work. Number four, hate. Hate. So number one is listening. Number two is control. Number three is work. Number four is hate. Number five, generosity. Number five, generosity. Number one, listening. Number two, control. Number three, work. Number four, hate. Number five, generosity. Number six, hope. Hope. That's the, my sister's name is Hope. Hope. And you say, why was she named Hope? Well, not for some powerful symbolic name. She was named Hope because, well, back in the day, I think it was Days of Our Lives soap opera that came on. There was an, uh, there was a character on there by the name of Hope. Was it Bo and Hope? I can't remember, uh, but hope was, was one of the, and so my sister got named, well, after that, hope. Now, sometimes my mom would say, well, because she was our last hope, but it, it, was, it was after the soap opera. No matter how she sometimes wanted to make it sound more important, it was the soap opera. I, it, was, it was obvious. Okay, so number one, listening. Number two, control. Number three, work. Number four, hate. Number five, generosity. Number six, hope. And number seven, faithfulness. Faithfulness. Those are the seven words of wisdom for 2024. And these seven words, I want you to write them down. I want you to think about them. Let me give them to you again. Listening, control, work, hate, generosity, hope, and faithfulness. Now, the goal here would be for you to write these words down and then think of any scripture that would have something to do with these seven words. And then you would write down the word listening and then any scripture that you think would relate to listening. Number two, control. Now, all seven words 
according to this sermon, are pulled from a chapter in the book of Proverbs, which we will get to in just a minute, and then they do cross-referencing to pull others into it. Now, it's one of those kind of sermons that a lot of people would love because it's, it gives you a list. It gives you, you've got your outline already ready to go. But I'm, I'm not going to look at it so much from a preaching perspective, but much more from a perspective of, hey, this could be beneficial to you and to I to think of these seven words, right? And 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 we 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 kind of meditate and build on them and see what we can do for them. So are you ready? I yeah, well, I there's some other words I think I would want to be I, I don't know. Well we'll talk about it. But you ready? So we're gonna use this kind of as a its own hypothesis and we'll kind of we'll kind of work on it and see what we want to do. Now they start off by quoting multiple verses, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven verses in uh, Proverbs chapter 13. So these seven words are taken from verses in the book of Proverbs. Now we could just go to Proverbs 13 and I could just read this, but I'm going to, I'm going to change it up. I'm just going to go directly to their introduction and we're going, and that's where we're going to, to begin. In fact, they really begin in Proverbs 13.1. They begin in Proverbs 13.1. So we will at least start in Proverbs 13.1. Proverbs 13.1. And let's read. Proverbs 13.1, reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Proverbs 13, chapter, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Now this is, that's how the article begins or the sermon begins. And this is what they say. Here is something to hear for the bright new year. A wise son heareth. How wise are we? These are tremendous and sometimes terrifying days in which we live. We look back on the past year and exclaim with David, the Lord hath done, and then it tells me to turn to page six, great things for us whereof we are glad. So they want to immediately begin with this, uh, this concept. Let me start again. Here is something to hear for the bright new year. A wise son heareth. Now immediately, what was one of the first of the, first of the seven uh, words? The word listening. Clearly they take it from Proverbs 13, 1. You're, you're getting the idea almost immediately, all right? So here is something to hear for the bright new year. A wise son heareth. How wise are we? So how wise are you? Would greatly depend on your ability to listen. They say these are tremendous and sometimes terrifying days in which we live. We look back on the past year and exclaim, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof, whereof we are glad. But we cannot lean on the laurels of the past. Hats off to the past, coats off to the future, said Dan Crawford. There are many things about the old year we should forget. Then they quote Philippians chapter three, verses 13 through 14, which reads, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And it is true. There are times we need to forget the things in the past. There's things we need to forget. We just got to leave it in the past and move forward. You have to do that not only with the previous year, sometimes you have to do it with the previous day, sometimes you have to do it with the previous month. You look, it's over. It's gone. There's just things you have to just forget and move on. You can't go back and change it. You can't go back and fix it. You can't relive it. It's just, it's over. So sometimes we have to just forget those things and move forward. They go on to say, we're living in a weird age of contrast and paradoxes. Paul Harvey once asked how come so many millions of Americans get a Sunday morning shower and don't come clean. All right, now I think the reference is that millions of Americans go to church, but it doesn't appear to do anything. Millions of Americans get a Sunday morning shower, but they don't come clean. In other words, 
millions of people may go to church, but nothing is happening. Something is not happening. Now, I don't know exactly what that has to do with their seven words of wisdom, because if I'm not careful, I could take that and, well, chase a, a, a rabbit, you know, on a, on a different path. And so I'm not going to do that. It is an interesting quote. Then they go on to say this. There are many gadgets for peace and safety than ever before, but more violence and slaughter, both in war and on the highways. Religious leaders who talk about running the church and national leaders who talk about running the nation cannot even control their own children, in many cases, as delinquency explodes among the upper classes. And who could ever unravel the tangled lines in our government, governmental affairs? Irvin S. Cobb said that if, we, if, if he were ever... Uh, was unfortunate enough to go insane. He hoped it would he would live in Washington where it would not be noticed. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good line. Okay. Hey, if I ever go insane, I hope it happens in Washington D.C. because it would go completely unnoticed because everyone in Washington is completely insane. Okay, I, I do like that. Now we can't be responsible for the whole nation, but we can send missionaries to the whole world. We can make the whole country repent, but we can't. But we can't. But we can be dead sure that we do. Never have churches or modern Christians had the opportunities we have today. What advantages we have over the early church that shook the Roman Empire. Today we have automobiles to ride to make our visits, printing presses to print tons of Christian literature, Bibles available at almost every corner, television, radio, and the internet with which to proclaim the gospel. We have our institutions of higher learning, luxurious, luxurious buildings, fabulous music programs, and millions of lost people to reach for Christ. What a challenge. The future is bright as we, as the promises of God. As we begin this year, let us hear, hear seven Bible words from the wise King Solomon. And from there, they go into the seven words. Now, I'm going to set the paper down. I'm going to set the paper down. Kind of a weird introduction a little bit. It just seems like, well, what does that have to do with the seven words of wisdom? What does that have to do? I... I you, you could kind of put it together. Maybe it's just trying to demonstrate we live in very interesting times. He doesn't really have a transition. There's not a transition. In other words, he kind of makes these individual points, but there's not a transitional statement. The transitional statement should be something like, hey, we live in crazy times. Everyone in Washington is insane, yet we have all of these opportunities. There's so much going on. There's all of these, you know, we have great difficulties, but great opportunities. We have great struggles, but we have great resources, something along those lines. So how can we navigate this crazy time with these extreme differences you know, from horrible situations to great resources? How can we manage this? How can we navigate this? Well, here is how we're going to navigate this in the coming year. Here are seven words of wisdom to help us navigate this crazy time. That would be some kind of a transitional statement. There's no transitional statement there. It just goes, boom, here's seven words, and then goes right into the seven words. Doesn't really relate how all of that other stuff fits together. But we can set all of that aside. What we're going to do is begin looking at these seven words. And the first one is the word listening. 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 So, Let's just ask ourselves a question. Now, I, I, I am now adding, now I'm, I'm taking over <laughs> this entire thing and making it my own now. I'm done with, with the article and Sword of the Lord. Now I'm going to make it mine, all right? Because that's what I always love to do with anything. I like, to, I, like, I, like, I like them to give me the idea and then I'm like, okay, let me now shape and mold it into something. So here's, what I, here's where I would start. I think this is important. As... A Christian, how good of a listener are you? As a Christian, how good of a listener are you? And as a as and since we are Christians and professing Christians, should we be the best listeners on the planet? 
Is there something about Christianity that should lead us to being good listeners? Well, they start these seven words of wisdom, the article does, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. Now, all the scriptures I'm going to be giving, other than maybe one or two, where I added because I wanted to just start going my own direction, but I tried to refrain. I'm going to just use the scriptures they provide, but as they as we look at the scriptures they provide, I will add commentary and comment, but I want you to be thinking of scripture you think apply to this concept or this word listening. We need a word of wisdom and the word we need is to be listening. We need to be listeners. And they quote Proverbs 13, 1, which we started with. A wise son heareth, heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. If we're going to be wise and we're going to go into 2024, we're going to go in today, we're going to go in tomorrow, we need to be one who's willing to listen to instruction but we also must be willing to listen to rebuke. So when it comes to instruction and it comes to rebuke, how well are you at listening? Now, what I see sometimes is sometimes you can, you can try to tell someone, hey, well, what about this and what about this? And it's just at every turn, it's like, nope, 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 won't, nope, nope. They don't want any of the instruction because they'll say all the instructions will not work. And then if you offer any rebuke, they get mad and don't want to hear rebuke. How good are you at actually listening to instruction and how good are you at hearing rebuke? It's the wise son who heareth instruction. It's the scorner who will not hear rebuke. So two categories today, instruction, rebuke, instruction and rebuke. Now you need to honestly ask yourself, how good are you are listening to instructions? Now we can take this practical, we can take this theological, but when it comes to instruction, do, do, do you immediately like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, just stop. I don't, I don't, I don't need your help. I don't need your help. When it comes to God's word giving instruction, are you kind of like, well, you know, I know it's what it says, but there's just no way that's ever going to work. There's just no way, no way. And you just almost immediately discount it. And how about rebuke? How do you respond to a rebuke? Do you take the rebuke in, process it, hear it, maybe act upon it, or do you just get mad? Do you get bothered? Does rebuke immediately, boom, hit your pride and you just, you reject it? How, how much do you really listen to instruction? And, and look, to listen to instruction, you have to be teachable. And how about a rebuke? Now, what I see a lot of times in the church is people will listen to instruction until they disagree with said instruction. <laughs> then they will do the instructing. <laughs> then they will instruct you. And no, this is what you should do. And then they do all the instructing. And then if you do rebuke them, then they'll just basically reject your rebuke and still going, they're going to still do what they want to do. I think ultimately when it comes to Christianity, as much as we talk a big game, we only listen to instruction until we agree, uh, until we disagree with it. And we will uh, only accept a rebuke if we agree with the rebuke. Basically the bottom line is if we disagree with anything, we reject it and we're going to do what we want. They offer up Romans chapter 10. They offer up Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, where they say this. Uh, we'll go to verse 13 for context. For, what, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Romans 10, 13. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, the, the, the focus is that they were using the scripture more for the listening concept here, right? More for the listening. Are you listening to preaching? Are you listening to instruction? It, your, your faith is greatly dependent upon you listening. Your, your, your understanding is greatly dependent upon you listening. And here, preaching is spoken of. They have Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. Now, 
I'm not necessarily, I don't know why. Well, we can get a dis discussion about them listening to this. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 9, we have this. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Because he just gives a parable, right? He gives a parable uh, about the seed being planted. And, being, and he says, he who hath ears to, uh, to hear, let him hear. Well, well, I mean, we could get into some theological uh, issues with this statement, but the bottom line is, are we listening? Are we listening to God's word? Are we listening to preaching? Are we listening to instruction? They add Proverbs 13, 13. Let me go back to Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 13. Proverbs 13, 13. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. I like the, uh, uh, that fear thing. I, I wanted to add the word fear, but okay. But he who despised the word shall be destroyed. Do you despise or you, do you listen? Do you reject or do you accept a, a rebuke? Do you, do you hear not a rebuke or do you refuse to listen? So when it comes to 2024, when it comes to today, how good of a listener are you? Do you listen to instruction? Do you listen to a rebuke? Do you listen to preaching? Do you listen to God's word? Do you really, really, really listen Now, sometimes we all know you can be talking and you can be like, come on, are you listening to me? Now, I hear you. Okay, I know you may hear me, but are you listening to me? It's easy to hear me because I'm speaking. There's a volume. You may hear it, but are you listening to me? Now, you know and I know that there have been times we may hear someone, but we're not listening to them. And we all know that there's times that we have been speaking and someone's not really listening to us. Sometimes when I look at my email inbox, I'm like, hey, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, sometimes when I want to respond, it's like, I don't think you were actually listening. You may have heard the po podcast, but I don't think you actually listened to it because you missed the entire point. You missed the entire point. Are we listeners? We have to listen to instruction. We have to be willing to listen to rebuke. We have to be willing to listen to preaching. We need to listen to God's word. And that's a serious warning. Who, whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Now, I know we always say, I don't despise it. I don't. Well, you despise it when you're not listening to it. You despise it when you're not heeding the instruction or listening to a rebuke. So the first word, it's very important. The first word here is listening. And I want us to really, really, really think about that and consider it. All right. I, I hope that is beneficial. All right. We're at 46 minutes. Okay. We got to move forward. I had to move things around on my screen because I, I don't have my nice little timer in front of me like I did when I was using a speaker. But all right, here we go. Listening is number one. Listening, 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 listening. Here's what I will just say this. If you are a parent, if you are a parent, you probably have said a thousand times, you're not listening to me. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. Are you listening? Pay attention. I'm, I'm talking. You get frustrated when you feel like your kids are not listening. You get frustrated when you feel like your kids are not listening to the instructions. You get very frustrated if you feel like your kids are, are not listening or are paying attention to a correction or a rebuke. Well, as, as frustrated as you get, as frustrated as you get with your kid, Maybe you should be as frustrated with yourself for your unwillingness to listen to instruction, your unwillingness to accept rebuke, and how maybe little you actually truly listen to preaching and God's word. Let's go to word number two. Now, according to the sermon that's printed in the Sword of the Lord newspaper, the second 
word for the seven words of wisdom for 2024 is the word control. The words control. And they give us a number of scriptures here. Again, the first one is Proverbs 13 because these all start in Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, they want us to look at verse 3. Proverbs 13, 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that open wide his lips shall have destruction. Now, they immediately begin to speak of control by talking about our lips, our mouth. Do you control your mouth? Now, do you control your mouth in speaking? Do you control, in a sense, your mouth in your tapping on a screen? Do you control your mouth? He that keepeth his mouth shall live. Or he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, I should say. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. How good are you at keeping control of what you say, whether in typing, whether in posting, whether in an email, whatever the case may be, how good are you at keeping, again, his mouth, your mouth? There is control. Now, this is very important. This idea of control. Now, we could have a long discussion about this theologically because there's always the question how much can we actually control we have a sinful nature we know we cannot control our sinful nature to the to the extent to stop sinning we know we can't do that because we're going to continue to sin that's inevitable you look at god's law which demands perfection we're never going to get there but the bible does seem to call us to at least some form of self-control that we try to control what we can we can't we can't worry about what we can't control all we can do is grab onto what we can and right here the idea is controlling what you say. They go on to Proverbs 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Now, what they're saying here is you can control, in a sense, who you walk with. You can control who you decide to to be influenced by. If you walk with wise men, you'll be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You can be, and it's. I don't think it's necessarily about who necessarily you're around. You can control the influence someone has on you. You can control that. You can say, hey, this, this individual, the, the influence here is negative. I can control that. I can end it. You can end it. You can end the relationship. You can end the, 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 if you need to, we can, we, we have some control, right? I, I know there's a lot of times in culture where people are like, I had no control and they, they did this and they manipulated. Look, maybe they did, but I think we have more control than sometimes we, we, sometimes we want to act like we have power and we can do. And then other times we try to feel like we're the victim. I'm just saying you can control how people, who, who the people around you and how they're influencing you. They go on to go to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, they have here, I'm in Ephesians six and that makes no sense. Here we go. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31. Ephesians four thirty-one. Well, let's, let's go back uh Let's go back to verse 29. Let's go back to verse 29. In fact, let's go back to verse 25. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Do you control? Do you control what you're saying? Do you control what you're saying when it comes to the truth? You, you, can you not control to some level? Now, again, this gets into major theological issues because the heart is deceptive above all things. So lying is something that we're just born. We come from the womb telling lies. We Lying is about as, as natural as... Na- lying is as natural to a human being as breathing. All right? So, but... We are, to, we are to try to take control and put away lying and speak truth with his neighbor. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. 
You, you need to try to control your anger. You may not be able to control it all the time perfectly, but you can control this. I'm still angry and I'm not going to let the sun go down on my wrath. So I'm going to stay up and fix this. Let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands, the thing which is good. And he may have, he may have to give to him that needeth. Hey, stop, stop stealing. Control your stealing, control your anger, control your lying. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, that which, uh, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Control the kind of communication coming out of your mouth. Is it a corrupt communication? Is it benefiting others or is it hurting others? Control it. Now, again, I understand we have a sinful nature. So when I say control it, it's never going to be perfect control, but we can put forth and exercise as much control. Look, we can't we can't worry about what we hey, I can't do this or I can't I can't get to perfection. Okay, everyone understands you can't get to perfection. But what can you can you what can you control? What can you control? Well, you should be able to control at least some level communication coming out of your mouth. To some level, you have some control over that, right? Look, even if you can't control it, then just don't speak, okay? You should be able to at least stop yourself from speaking, right? Maybe. Oh, but uh, the, um, and then verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, Hey, you you got to be able to try to control the bitterness, the wrath, the anger, the evil speaking. You you, you have to, you've got to, to, to recognize it and try to control it. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. There, you've got to take control over some of these things and try to exercise what you can. You look... It's, it's not always going to be perfect, but you, you're battling for control. I know you have a sinful nature going opposite to this, but you have to try to control. And then they have James, and you, and you knew James was going to be uh, mentioned here. You knew. I mean, you had to know, right? Because James talks a, a little bit about control. Does I mean, look at James 3, 5 through 8, James 3. 5 through 8, James 3, 5 through 8. I mean, this is, I think we all know this, all right? We, I'm, in fact, uh, well, let's just go all the way back to verse uh, 1. Or we'll go back to verse 2. Uh, James chapter 3, verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, also able and able also to bridle the whole body. Hey, if we can control our, our words, if we can control our mouth, we in a sense, we can control the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. I mean, those are some strong words right there. They go on to verse seven, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. We have to try to take control of our tongue. We may never control it perfectly, but we have to. We have to exercise control where we can have where we can exercise control. Look, you have a couple of options. Just make excuse and say you can't control anything. Or say, okay, I can't control this, but I can control this. Right? I may not, I think it was Martin Luther who is at least accredited with the quote. I don't know how accurate it is, but he said something, and I'm paraphrasing here. I cannot control the birds flying over my head. 
but I can control them building a nest in my hair. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, he, he was liking it to temptation. He was liking it to struggling with some sin. I can't control temptation. I can't control maybe certain desires. There's, there's lots of things I can't control because I have a sinful nature. But what I can control is maybe it building a full-blown nest. I can control certain aspects of it. Now, we don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit having any... We want to act like we are absolutely... We can't control anything. We want to just act like the the ship has lost its rudder. There's no controls. The controls are broken. We can't control the airplane. We can't control the train. We can't... And that wherever it crashes, well, it's not my fault because I can't control it. Well, there is at least to some level... There is some truth to that, right? Because we have a sinful nature. We're going to sin. We're going to sin. That's inevitable. But what we can do is try to say, what can we control? Go back to Proverbs 13.3. Go back to Proverbs 13.3. Proverbs 13.3, we read these words. He that keepeth his mouth, keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Now we're at 59 minutes. So that means we can't get to the third word. So the first two words of the seven words of wisdom is listening and control. Do you listen to instruction? Do you listen to rebuke? Do you truly listen to preaching? Do you truly listen to God's word? And then control. Where do you lack control? Now, what can you do to exercise more control? To your words, to your communication. Lying, your anger, your wrath, your, your bitterness, your unforgiveness. What, what control do you have there? To your tongue. Now, you may have a million examples of where you lack control. Okay, don't worry about all the ways you lack control. Find one thing to take control, to grab onto it. Say, I'm going I'm to try to control this. And trying to exercise control over what you don't want to be controlled can be very difficult. Sometimes our lack of control is because we don't want the control. We, want, we don't want to control it. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And there can be many things that can contribute to that lack of control. But at some point we have to say, okay, what can I do here? What can I do? I can't, I can't fix everything. It's not about being perfect because we're never going to be perfect. It's about going, okay, what? Okay, I, I can do this. I can't, I can't fix this. I, can't, I can do this. I can't do, I, I can do this. I, can't, I can do this. I mean, I, this is not a perfect example. We can all make a million excuses for saying maybe not being the healthiest that we could be, right? But we all know we can do something, right? You could walk, you could do you could you can do something, right? You can do something. But it's but you can get so in your mind that it's just there's no point, there's no point, there's no point. But there's always a point. And sometimes that point is just trying to take control of what we can. Now, listening and control. If you come up with other scriptures that you think apply very well to listening or very well to control, I want to see them. All right? So email them to me, newsif at yahoo.com. So today, I want you to put these two words of wisdom somewhere, listening and control. Write them down somewhere where you can see them. And just throughout the day, just meditate on, okay, listening, 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 listening. Okay, what, what, what wisdom do I need to think about when it comes to listening? And what wisdom do I need to gain from this idea of control? And then what we will do is if I broadcast again today, 
we will work on number three and four, and then tomorrow we'll work at five, um, five and six, and then maybe seven. We'll, we'll see. Maybe we can knock out three um, because I won't have the long intro next time. I won't be reading. So maybe we can knock out. We should be able to knock out three next time. So we should be able to knock out three, four, and five next time, and then that just leaves six and seven for the last broadcast. So this will turn into a mini-series, but that's okay. Seven words of wisdom. We definitely need to hear them. Proverbs 13 is where all these come from. So you may want to also just do a little work on Proverbs 13 today. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Sermons 2.0 app challenge. Today, pick a random sermon on Proverbs 13. Just a random sermon on Proverbs 13. Just grab a random one. There you go. There's your Sermons 2.0 app challenge taken care of for you. There you go. All right, and maybe we'll do maybe we'll do some uh, Proverbs thirteen for uh, the Bible pop quiz coming up as well. We could do some fill in the blanks for Proverbs thirteen. So there you have it. Seven words of wisdom: listening and control are the two words for today. Thank you for listening. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Someone gave a little heart uh, in the. Mixler app. I appreciate that. There will probably be some test going on today. I may try a different platform and see how that works. Um, we, 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 the, with Mixler, we've seen uh, some of the positives, some of the negatives. The positive, the studio software is great. In fact, in some ways, it's better than. You just got to get used to it. Once you get used to it, I think the studio software is better than Spreaker. That's good. Um, the negative is their notification system is trash, but Spreaker's notification system was trash. That's why so many people had the Church One app, and then they would get the notification on Church One, then go open up Spreaker, or, or, or in this case, open up Mixler if you want to listen there. And Mixler also allows for the chat. So those are some. So those are some of the positive features. So we may stick with Mixler, but we will probably do test at least somewhere else if we can. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. Two words of wisdom. Hopefully they will be beneficial to you today and hopefully the rest of them um, will be beneficial in the future broadcasts that we do. All right. Thanks. God bless.